Hello and welcome to The Bright Side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Joel Hunter. You're getting so much better at that. Thank you very much. I, I feel like uh, one of the keys to having good radio voice, sleep accidentally until the very last second <laughs> before the radio show starts and then wake up and go, <laughs> and then run all the way here. I know the adrenaline really uh, yeah. makes your voice deeper yeah, it was, and more manly. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. It's, it's just an issue of just being completely unconscious up until right before. I ran halfway here before I was like, my car! And I ran back home and picked it up and, and came back in. Uh, so today is June 6th. Yes. June 6th. And for all of you history buffs out there, you know that June 6th is D-Day. That That is today in, uh, was it 44? Yeah, 70, yeah 74 years after D-Day is today. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Oh, so this is, so next year's the 75th anniversary. Yeah. Oh, how about yeah. that? So D-Day, for those who uh, who don't know, uh, you, you probably do, uh, it's just that beginning scene of the movie Saving Private Ryan, where <laughs> everybody lands on the beach, uh, Normandy Beach, uh, and and uh, that was it was the largest amphibious assault. Yep, which sounds like a, like a frog scary movie, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. It was it was like a, a, one hundred fifty five thousand really? soldiers on Omaha, and they, they there were a number of beaches. Do you know how they scouted out for that? They sent BBC photographers. Um, they had a they had, they had this fake contest of scouting out the beaches for a vacation and they oh, sent really? BB, BBC <laughs> photographers supposedly looking for the best beach for a vacation and took all kinds of pictures. Wow. That's how they scouted for the invasion. That is really, that's really, really clever. They're, they probably were like, Let, let's not do this one. A lot of machine gun nests at this beach. I know. This one doesn't look relaxing <laughs> at all. Not a, not a single bit. Uh, there are, uh, there are a lot of, uh, I, I actually, I was going to pretend I knew a lot of this off the top of my head. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that there... I mean, I knew some famous people. I actually knew the one about General uh, Roosevelt. Yeah, uh, Teddy that, Roosevelt Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. That he that he was on there because he had like a cane and uh, he was not... He was he was not a young man when yeah. they did it. Uh, and I so I knew about that one. But I did not know J.D. Salinger. Yeah, Catcher in the Rye, yeah. J.D. Salinger. Yeah, yeah because... Uh, and then... Uh, and he got that, shot like four times, is it? Or uh-huh. six or something. And I then can't. he's like, and then he's like, no one will ever see me again. And then he just went off and lived in obscurity <laughs> and published great books. Because uh, he, he was... Uh, he went on to live a mysterious life. That guy was a good writer, though. Oh, he was I awesome. made the mistake of starting with Catcher in the Rye with J.D. Salinger instead of... Because he didn't write a ton of stuff. But then his other stuff, uh, I liked way more. Catcher in the Rye just made me feel dumb because yeah. I was waiting for it to like to be like, oh, I get it. Uh, but no, I got to the end of it, and I was like, this Holden Caulfield just hates everyone. Well, he, had, he had great short stories. <clears throat> yeah, that was that, yeah. that was his yeah his his short stories that he wrote were uh, were all oh, sorry. That was in my headphones. Professional radio. That's, <laughs> here we are. Don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Um, so uh, yeah, D Day became. Uh, it, I feel like it was more in obscurity uh, up until Saving Private Ryan uh, for my generation. Yeah, like, for your generation. You know, it was not not for my, yours. My generation lived every. I mean, they 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 would tell the story. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that was true. I I know that uh, David McCullough, who is uh, this just brilliant historian, his his books that are most famous. He wrote a he wrote a really famous. Huge three-part biography on Teddy Roosevelt. He he did uh, the huge Truman uh, biography. 
Uh, and, and so he's one of the, he's kind of one of these great, uh, American historians, but he gave a talk at this, at this university. And, uh, and one of the questions that he got, it was, is him, he and, uh, Walter Isaacson will sometimes do these back and forth talks. Uh, and, uh, don't get me started on Walter Isaacson. <laughs> I don't, I no, don't, I don't no, get it. No. Uh, but anyway, but, but he and Walter Isaacson will do these talks and, uh, and where they'll kind of interview each other. And, uh, one of the questions Isaacson uh, asked him was, do you think uh, that uh, there should be some sort of uh, monument or something, you know, uh, uh, on on the beaches of, of France or something like that? And McCullough's answer was, you know, I think uh, Normandy Beach will uh, um, belong to America in some way, kind of like the way the Panama Canal will always belong to America in some way, the amount of sacrifice that mm. was uh, put there and, and shared with you know, comrades, uh, both American and from and from uh, the other countries, and then uh, somebody approached him afterwards and asked asked him uh, who who was Norman D. Beach. Uh, like thought, oh, thought it was no. a name. Oh, yeah. my, oh no! And that was before Saving Private Ryan. So, oh my uh, goodness! So really, Tom Hanks did yet another service. <laughs> you know, they do, they don't know exactly what D Day in a D Day. They don't know exactly what D stands for. I always thought it was for uh, Eisenhower's middle name. <laughs> Dwight D. Oh, I thought yeah. he was like, let's just name it after myself. <laughs> that's right. And so David Day, I think was, I think that was his. Uh, that's interesting. They I never just, nailed I thought it down. It was like, Some people thought it was like departure day or something. Huh, like that. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I just assumed it was one of those military things I just didn't understand. Yeah, like why they're be. always calling. Uh, and when I give. Uh, Operation when, D. Yeah. <laughs> when I give eye tests uh, at Hunter Vision and it's somebody who's just military background, I'll be like, can you read this line? And they'll be like. Tango, whiskey, alpha, bravo. And I'm like, what? Ah, I'm trying to look and trying to look at what the first letter of each thing is. They really do that. It's uh, the, only, the only two times that I get confused is when that happens. And uh, and then there's uh, anytime we have someone from Canada, they'll say they'll say Zed when they get to Z. I always forget about Zed. Oh, really? Zed. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, is that yeah. right? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We have our, our mystery guest yes. that we'll be introducing in our next segment. Uh, you won't believe her. You will not believe. No, we're really excited. It's Kate Rollins. She was an ally. Yeah. She was an ally. <laughs> we're really, really excited. It's hard to do the whole segment uh, because I'm really excited to start talking to her. But she is from... Queensland. I don't. What do you call a great? She's from. She's from across the pond. Yeah. Uh, and she's. Just, and she was just saying. She was motioning. They say Z over there as well. But it always throws me off because they'll be like T Z C E, and I'm like that because it's. Uh, I'll be. They use a different uh, word for that. I'll be. Yeah. So uh, and they call uh, instead of the letter P, they call it Ped. No, that's I made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Theodore Roosevelt was the other famous one. And then, so I thought I'd read up on that. And then, turns out, uh, he, he died a month later from a heart attack. I know. He, sur- he survived D-Day and died from a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, oh, I realized it was traumatic uh, before that. But then I was like, how traumatic? I mean, that must have been really intense oh, a month yeah. later. I mean, that's a lot to take in all at <clears> once. Uh, but uh, you saw Saving Private Ryan, right? I did. That I- was... Very gripping movie. Yeah, I know I'm talking about it a lot, but that was my only real connection to it. Like I didn't, it was oh my not goodness. my generation, you know, oh, yeah. nor yours, but since yours was. Our dads were. Yeah, Our the greatest were, generation yeah, was right Becky's before. Becky's dads was, at, were in the, it was in the Battle of the Bulge. And I just don't, was in the, I don't know that if the same thing happened today, it, I, I sometimes wonder what would happen if they came to the generation from age 18 to 35 today and were like, hey, you're going to get on these boats 
and they're going to slowly move towards tons and tons of machine guns pointed directly at you. And then the front wall of the boat's going to fall forward, and they're just going to shoot at you as much as they can. But we're going to send so many of you that many of you in the front will be able to make the ones in the back get up. I mean, like, I just... Oh, I know. I don't know that it and would And sometimes happen. the boat wouldn't get close enough, and so these guys would just run off with all this equipment and drown. Oh, wow. Because they weren't they weren't in shallow enough water. Wow. Yeah. I, I also saw that there were some of the people that did the, there was support stuff, because you the famous version is the people that, you know, ended up on on uh, Normandy Beach, you know, even though there was mm-hmm. Utah and all these, mm-hmm. these other places, mm-hmm. uh, the whole Operation Overlord mm-hmm. giant thing. It was, it was also a bunch of the uh, 101st and other different paratroopers that, that came in, they got flown in behind enemy lines yeah. and dropped in. But again, the level of uh, of precision was not quite the same as like seals where they'll drop in and they could land like on, you're going to land on this blade of grass in this field. <laughs> they were just like, and they, just threw, and they were just, they were just yeah. people in parachutes flying out of the sky and people landed in forests and landed in trees yeah. and just kind of, yeah. uh, there was one guy that landed uh, on a clock tower, like hanging from a clock tower. And survived by just pretending he was dead for a whole day, uh, like he just he just kind of hung there, like he was sleeping, until the American and British, just the expeditionary force in general, was able to come through and liberate that town. Oh and then he was, and I bet you he scared the guy who found him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, another. T- what? Hey, guy, I'm all right. I was like, ah, just fooling. <laughs> I'm fine. You should have been here a day ago. It was scary. <laughs> Afterwards, I played dead, but at first, I just fainted. The first three hours was easy. Um, when we get back from this break, we're going to get to talk to one of our most exciting guests. I'm so excited we get to talk to Kay Rollins today, who is the owner of uh, Orlando City Soccer. And she is going to talk to us about uh, that because she has a passion for it, but also the other stuff she's doing for the community. We'll see you in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Bright Side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Uh, we're Joel and Joel Hunter. Uh, I'm a son named Joel. This is my dad named Joel. And we are. Here today with, uh, I'd say, I'm going to come right out and say it. Come on. This is our best guest we've ever had. I'm very, I'm genuinely excited. Because every now and then we'll have somebody who's done a tremendous amount of good for the community. And I'm like, how did you pronounce your name? I can't remember. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but today, you know, we have Kay Rollins with us who, uh, if anyone has seen, uh, you know, Orlando wearing purple on different given game days, you, uh, you know, Orlando City Soccer went from not existing at all to it's like a big, big they've like deal. Turned, they've like, like turned the city purple. Yeah. There's like, a, and they've got like a stadium and they're, yeah. like, they're, they're planting garden of Edens everywhere. Oh, it's awesome. So, uh, but pop, you know, you know her better or you're the one that you're the reason she's here. Well, no, know? I'm not there. I, uh, I, she, she, we served together on the, um, central Florida commission on homelessness, uh, which is one of her many community involvements. Um, she, um, was uh, voted Businesswoman of the Year by the Orlando Business Journal, um, gives TED Talks. She's um, a board, board members for Boys and Girls Club and Cannonball Kids Cancer. That, that's amazing. I'd kind of like to hear about that. Um, and um, she is the leader on the commission. She's the leader of our Youth Homelessness Division hmm. um, effort. And so... Anyhow, she's just an all-around great giving servant of the city, and I thought it'd be great to have her on. 
Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So the big question I had uh, was, you know, I knew because I've uh, been, uh, I was going to say been awake in the last six years, but it feels <laughs> extra ironic because I walked in and you saw me extra, was just sleeping <laughs> my eyes being like, I'm, I'm here uh, just a few, just a few minutes ago. But since I, I live in Orlando, uh, Orlando City Soccer became this Phenomenon, I, I think, despite what a lot of people assumed would happen, because what's going to happen? Pro soccer in Orlando, ha! And you and you prove the haters wrong. Uh, <laughs> and so I knew about that, but all of the other stuff that you do in the community, which honestly, after reading a lot about it, became more impressive to, to me than just the soccer stuff. Um, was that a a it, it, the chicken and egg thing? Was it the soccer stuff all came first, and then you realized that you kind of had a passion for the community and wanted to help more? Was it something that you were in the community and then the soccer thing? Came up. How did that all come about? Um, gosh, it's a it's a long story, but I'll I'll try and keep. <laughs> That's keep all right. It, we got almost short, an hour here. Short-ish, anyway. Um, it came about because um, we were at a point in our lives. Um, he's my ex now, but uh, where we wanted to do something together, mm-hmm. and we both had a passion for soccer. When you grow up in England, it's oh, yeah. the sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a soccer team in every single city, uh, town. Um, you know, there's 92 professional teams just in that tiny little island. Really? Wow. I, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've only yeah. heard, you know, and you hear like London a has nine or 10, Manchester has two, Liverpool has two. Huh. Everybody's always like, oh, do you think, you know, Florida can sustain another team? Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I know. So, um, so we we were looking for something to do together, and it really came about because um, our hometown team in England, Stoke City, who sadly just left the Premier League, uh, we have promotion and relegation in in England, so they've actually slipped down a league um, only for a year, hopefully. But they were looking for an affiliate um, in in America. They knew America was the next big thing, and it was coming finally. Um, so they asked us to try and find an affiliate and. That was when we started looking at, well, what's even here? Hmm. Um, couldn't find what we wanted. So we sat down at our kitchen table and said, let's start a team. Well, how did you choose Orlando? So, again, we actually, we were living in Austin at the time, and yeah. we thought that would be a great idea, that surely a place like Austin that's very eclectic and different um, would support a team. But sadly, that was not the case. Yeah. Uh, we tried there for three years. Um, a lot of money later and, and no playing in a high school football stadium with football lines, lacrosse mm. lines and soccer lines. Oh, geez. Yeah. And no alcohol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes it, that would make recipe, it challenging. That's tough. Recipe for disaster. That's tough. You get a lot of fans being like, yeah, it's a good, uh, good play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, um, and I also think, you know, everybody said, well, there's no professional sports in, in Austin, but the Kind of is, and it's called University of Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they just, you know, they have a 110,000-seat stadium, and, you know, they would do a preseason game with a couple of high schools and get 36,000 people wow. there. Oh, and, you goodness. know, we just went, you know, I think we're in the wrong place. Yeah. You yeah. know what? You ended up on the better end of that, though. I've got a buddy that lives in Austin, and I visited him once. And one, this is a true story. Uh, he was like, hey, I'll take you to the Springs. And I was like, oh, great. And then he's like, we'll sit on the side of the Springs and, and hang out and get sun, and then we'll jump in this ice-cold water. 
my flip-flops <laughs> melted. They literally <laughs> melted. I got, oh, I, got yeah. I, I got out of the freezing cold water. I was like, oh, where are we? And then I was, and then I picked up my flip-flops and they just like a cartoon. They just like both had just melted. And I was like, how hot is this place? Who, how can anyone live here? So I, I'm glad, I'm glad for you that you're, that you're in Orlando. Well, That's thank good. You. How did you choose to build a stadium in Paramore? All right. So, well, well, the, the Orlando question first was, um, we basically said to United Soccer Leagues, we're done. Mm. Uh, we don't want to be in Austin. Um, but we still believe in our dream and we still think we can do this. We're just not in the right place. So they gave us a little shopping list of places <laughs> to wow. go and look at. And Orlando just kept rising to the top. Mm. Um, and for a lot of reasons, you know, the diversity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have an incredibly diverse population, um, fantastic airports, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, that loads of places to stay. Um, it was, in, in the end, it became a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and then we were fortunate that um, Mayor Dyer uh, saw the vision mm-hmm. and we just jumped on board and said, okay, I want to help you. I want to help you make this happen. Um, so that was, um, that was, kind of the beginning of it all really yeah. um of it actually taking off but even when we'd been in Austin um we'd used our players we we'd asked them to go out into the community to talk to kids mm. you know you have such a unique platform and voice as a professional sports team who, whoever you are mm-hmm. um and you can make such a difference and we saw it a little bit in Austin, and that was what made me, okay, this is going to be the pillar of everything that we do. Um, it's going to be at the forefront, and that's how we did it. And, yeah. You it's, know, when, when you're the founder, you get to do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that was in 2010, yes. correct? That, that you came here, and then, uh, and yeah, the, the Mayor Dyer was really, I, I remember that from the yeah. beginning, was this is going to be a big deal for Orlando, yeah. and he was right, and you guys were right. Yeah, he wanted his sports and entertainment corridor and if you think about it we have it now we mm-hmm. have the fantastic dr phillips forming arts center mm-hmm. we have the beautiful amway mm-hmm. we have our stadium mm-hmm. and then we have um camping world stadium mm-hmm. so we have everything yeah. um and the paramour question um is is an interesting one uh when we when we first came here we said okay we have this dream and let's just make it even bigger we're going to come right out and say we're going to be major league within five years. Um, and so we went to Major League Soccer and we said, give us the roadmap. What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things we have to do to get a franchise? Um, obviously a fan base uh, was one. Um, local uh, sustainable sponsorship was two. Um, but then a downtown stadium. And so that was a big piece of, mm. of, of they've, they've realized what works. Yeah. And yeah, downtown exactly. stadium is part what works. Yeah, the yeah. the fan base working early on was was the part that I remember. I remember in 2010 and 11 being like, "What in the world?" Because it was just all of a sudden people I'd never had a conversation ever or overheard one about soccer randomly in my life, but it became this thing. You know, it 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 grew and grew and grew. Uh, and then, you know, and then we had like a couple like players that were like, they were, this guy's on a billboard and stuff. I mean, it was just, it was really, really exciting. And so, um, 
how do you even, I'm asking you a big question and we have to go to break in, a, in one minute, but okay. in one minute, how do you prove to this, this, the MLS in general, this major league that, Hey, now people like us. Do you, is that something where they go and they pull the city and say, do, do you like this? So we, thing? we, this is the greatest thing ever. So Teresa Tatlonghari, who was our VP of marketing at the time, um, we invited Don Garber, who was the commissioner of MLS, to come to Orlando. And we picked him up in a town car and we took him on this very roundabout way to come to a bar where we had all the fans waiting. And we'd bought up every billboard. Oh, <laughs> see how smart That's you'd be. Clever. Clever. That is and smart. every billboard said, hey, Don, oh MLS belongs in Orlando. Oh, my goodness. Or just different messages That's for awesome. him. And he was blown oh, away. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, you can only smart. see your name on so many billboards before you're like, I like these people. I think <laughs> I like they've got a real point. All right, well, we're going to go to a break now. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing in the community. We'll see you in a minute here. Welcome back to The Bright Side. Uh, I am uh, Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my dad, Joel Hunter. And uh, that was Sabrina from the News Junkie on that, li- on that lead. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, she, nice. yeah, she had lazy. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And you know her, too. Kate Rollins. She's, she's, Kate Rollins, she's, uh, she's on, been on Real Radio. How I knew who she was is I've heard her on Real Radio so many times. Oh, I know you I listen. Like, yeah. I was like, she's going to be on our... On our little, on our little country show, that's, that's really nice. She's gonna come out, and we we use we talk into cans in a cabin, and uh, find find to take it to the radio man, and he puts it out. Uh, so we were talking before the break about uh, you know to get a major league to to move into that. You know, it's it's not like they just say, hey, do you have people that like soccer? Uh, do you have soccer players you can join us? It's 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 there's a rigorous standard, so that which is why it, you know there aren't a million major league soccer teams. One of those is to show that the community, there's support in the community for it. Another one is a stadium. Uh, and so you looked out across Orlando and and said, we can build a stadium anywhere. And you chose Paramore, uh, which uh, you've said before in other interviews and stuff, that was intentional. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because all I knew of Paramore growing up was that I should not accidentally uh, go down Paramore if it was late at night. That was all I knew. Uh, and uh, uh, not from you, Pop. You told me, go down there. <laughs> And help somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, but other people, more fearful, less open, genuine-hearted people said that. So so can you walk us through that idea? Sure. Um, I think for us it was never really um, that scary place because right from 2012, uh, well, actually 2011, when we first started playing, um, we went down there that very first summer and did free soccer camps and clinics with the kids. Mm. Um, there was no soccer there. Um, we did it in actually ZL Rally Park. <laughs> oh. um, we took our players and and what happened was we had a lot of kids saying, when are you coming back? Um, you know, we love soccer. We want to be down here. And I think what then happened was, again, major leagues saying you need to be in downtown. So that was us talking with the city and saying what's available. In the meantime, we had some people trying to get us to go out to iDrive, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been a Terrible idea. (laughs) When you think of what the traffic is like now, having 25,000 people on a Saturday night when everyone's trying to get for the fireworks and all the fun things, the fun things that are going on over there. Having twenty five thousand people trying to get there on I four would be a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you would have just been another tourist attraction, right? Yeah. And instead of an actual city team, yeah. That, yeah. And I think at its core, 
remember, soccer is played in every single country. And I mean every single country yeah. in, the world. in the world. yeah. And it's always been kind of the working man's sport. And so you want to make it somewhere where it's accessible. So if you think about our stadium, you can come on the bus, you can come on your bike, you can park in town and walk. Um, you know, you can park in, in one of the many entrepreneurs who appear on a game day who you park your car in their driveway and then their yard. Yeah. They're all making their extra yeah. extra few dollars, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, sure. The ninja chicken man is out there with his amazing barbecue chicken. Um, <laughs> so that's the other side of it, that we knew it could have hopefully a positive impact. Mm. Um, you know, and when you look at what's happening in Paramore now with Valencia and UCF coming in, Creative Village. We have a brand new school, which is amazing. It has mm -hmm. a boys and girls club attached to it and a clinic. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good things happening um, in Paramore, and we're glad to just glad to be a part of it. You know, you mentioned um, you went down and you had put on soccer camps with the kids and so on and so forth. And you also have a program about um, fighting childhood obesity. Um, and so um, had. And, and I kind of want to get one of these days into the, the community garden uh, idea, too. Um, you really have approached the health of children from multiple, persp multiple perspectives. Right. Um, just take off anywhere you want in that avenue and sure. just start describing to us, sure. you know, how, what made you think of this? Right. I mean, I think the first couple of years we were here, um, I feel like I ran around a bit like a headless chicken trying to help everybody. Mm -hmm. Anyone who picked the phone up and needed help, we were trying to trying to help them. And then you realize you're spreading yourself so thin and you're really not having an impact. Um, and that was when we decided um, to start a foundation of, of our own. Um, so we put together a board. And, and what's happened over the years is the mission has changed slightly, but we knew that childhood obesity was was the problem we wanted to tackle. Several reasons. Obviously, number one, we're a sports team. And, and not only that, we're a sport where cardiovascular exercise is top yeah. of the list. I mean, you cannot just stand around, apart from the goalkeeper. <laughs> but <laughs> for the most part, you're running. You're running around. I mean, our players, you know, they they travel six to seven, sometimes eight miles in a game in 90 minutes. So, and it's backwards and forwards movement. You're using a lot of different muscles. Um, boys and girls can play it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be seven foot tall. You don't have to be 300 and, I don't know, big football players are, but... Yeah, you about be, 300, yeah. You can be any size. I mean, my the best player in the world, certainly in my opinion, I know someone will will say they are a different one, but Lionel Messi is five foot seven. And mm. he is huh. he is an unbelievable player. Mm. So from that point of view, it's such an inclusive sport. So we knew using it as as exercise was a great, a great way. What we've learned along the way is we also needed to provide safe places to play. So we build these little mini pitches about the size of a tennis court, always purple. Um, <laughs> yep. But we again, we didn't want to just leave, like say, here you go, here's a mini pitch. You know, so we we brought along the programming piece. It's called Soccer for Success. It's a nationally accredited program. Mm. Um, 
And part of the program, besides the soccer skills, it teaches nutrition education. And that was when we had the next aha kind mm. of light bulb moment was, you know what, we're teaching nutrition education in areas where there's such little access to fresh food. Yeah, you can't get good nutrition, even right. if you, it was your goal, no, you, you can't do it. You it's really all, can't. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's all really yeah. bad It's convenience stores and, and, yeah. and, and fast food. So that was when we said, okay, we've heard about community gardens. We don't really know very much about them. So go to the experts. So first of all, we spoke with City of Orlando, um, the Greenworks department, and said, hey, we got some funding you know, do you want to build a community garden somewhere? And of course they went, yes. <laughs> um, so the first one we built was out at Rock Lake, which is right near the um, uh, Camping World Stadium. If you go out there now, there's actually a mini pitch and a garden right next door. You keep saying mini pitch. What, mm -hmm. what I, is? I can't believe you don't know what that is. I, I know immediately. <laughs> I have no idea so, what that so is. To, to, I'm a sorry. skilled footballer, so I, <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea either. What are, yeah. Okay, so you guys say cleats, <laughs> we say boots. You say field, we say pitch. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, I was going to ask you, this has nothing to do with anything. How long did it take you to start oh. saying soccer instead of football? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that must have been so it, it years. Was, yeah. it, it was, but you know, I say this to so many people all the time, because when I go back to England, they say, oh, you're so American. <laughs> um, but I say to them, you know, if I'd moved to France or Spain or Italy, I would have learned the language. Of course. Of course. And so we are bound by a common language. There are just a, there's some a few differences. So yeah. to me, it's no different than learning to say you know merci in French to say soccer in in, in I, American. I bet your friends back in England are fascinated to hear about Ninja Chicken Man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah, he, he what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So so the, so the gardens have become huge. I mean, they're everywhere now, and we. We were part of a quarter million dollar grant um, along with Fleet Farming, Seed to Source and a bunch of other partners that's bringing a lot more. They call them farmlets, ah, um, just little mini oh. little mini farms. Do the kids participate at all? They in do. Them? And this is the best part. Um, you know, we've actually gone back to a lot of the mini pitches that we put in and built a little mini garden next to them. So oh, like the man. Boys and Girls Club in Pine Hills now have... They have their little fields, they have their programming, but they also now have gardens that have become part of the curriculum. Wow. Um, and the fascination for them, and and I don't know if you knew this, but I'm actually an ex-educator. Um, I'm a nursery school teacher. Uh -huh. I saw that back in England. Yeah, right? yeah, back in England. And what I learned at that point was when you plant things with children and they water them, watch them grow, guess what? They want to eat them. Absolutely. And yeah. I would have parents saying, they ate green beans? And yeah. I'd be like, well, yeah, we've been growing them. Yeah. And, the, you know, they've they picked them themselves and just popped them straight in their mouths. They didn't even wait for them to be cooked. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to build is these good habits, good healthy choices right from the get-go so that, the, you know, children are learning these are the kind of things I need to be eating. And yeah. we use our players to reinforce that message. Yeah. You know, if if Marta or Alex Morgan, you know, if they're saying you need to eat more you broccoli bet. and drink more water, you guess what? They're going to do it. Yeah. If you're a little little boy or a uh, little girl or boy, you're oh, big, yeah. I'll do whatever you I, tell me. That's right. <laughs> Zucchini? Okay. <laughs> I'm on it. I guess I can do that. I'll head over to the farmlet. I had never heard of farmlet before either. I love that. Uh, one of uh, Shakespeare's less famous plays, Farmlet. 
Oh. Too farm or not. Uh, so, There's a ghost involved in that one, isn't it? When they're, yeah, avenge the farmer father. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the the next uh, segment here is going to have to wait till after this break. Uh, but we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about farmlets and what else is happening. Welcome back to the bright side. Today we are here with. Queen K, K Rollins <laughs> uh, of Orlando City Soccer, uh, and we're talking a little bit about soccer, about old football. Uh, that's what they call it across the pond, Pop. That's, that's right. what I've, I've, and I've from heard. what I've seen in movies, I've never been across the pond. But that's haven't what you I've, really? Uh, no, I've never oh, been. Man. I've never been to England. We're bad parents. Uh, yeah, I remember being like, "Can I go to England?" And you're like, "No." <laughs> Is, sure, is that going to help? Is that going to help clean the floors? Get back in there. And I was like, okay. Uh, no, I just, I uh, no, I've been to Africa, but that's it. Not uh, which is a, I mean, that's the only difference. It's across the Atlantic, but that's it. Otherwise, not tons in common, except for soccer. Yes, every country. So we're we're talking a little bit about the the whole phenomenon of all of a sudden soccer is like a thing, and and people in Orlando are really into it and like it. And there's this, there's we have, you know, we go from not having any soccer teams to now we have. Uh, two and uh, and so what you've done with that is is you're the kind of face in the community that's just you have this heart for the community and to make it a better place and stuff. I, I was reading I was reading about you uh, before yes. we did this just to learn you know who who is this person that because uh, I'd only ever heard your interviews on the radio uh, but I got I found this Mike Bianchi article uh, and at one point in it he says. Um, uh, besides being founder, her official title with the club is vice president of community relations. Her unofficial title should be vice president of making sure Orlando is a great place to live, which I feel like that is a really nice quote for someone to say about you. No one's ever said that about me. Um, and uh, and part of that's just the stuff that you're involved in. You know, we're talking about the gardens and 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 teaching kids to farm and eat vegetables, which is amazing that that is <laughs> a real thing and, and works. Um there's also the, the, what's it called? Cannonball? Kids Cancer. Cannonball Kids Cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, a couple of years ago, um, I got left um, in my office um, some cookies, really good ones actually, um, and a book. And it was written by um, a, a wee Scottish lassie <laughs> who um, lives here in, in Orlando. Um, and when her son, Cannon, um, was 18 months old. He was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And he was having his first treatment at Arnold Palmer Hospital while she was giving birth to twins oh my goodness. in Winnie Palmer. Oh, my goodness. Um, but going through the whole journey with him, she realized, A, how little funding there is for research in mm. pediatric cancer. Mm -hmm. And two, that the drugs that they use are actually just only slightly watered down mm. yeah. adult mm. drugs. Mm. And this book is the most painful thing I've ever written because it's a absolutely no holds barred, this is what it's like to be a parent, um, you know, holding a child down while you're trying to, you know, put one more needle in them. Oh um, yeah. And so I wanted to meet her um, and I did and she is incredible. Mm. Um, her and her husband, both lawyers, but they now dedicate a lot of their time. I mean, she's what what tends to happen when a terrible event like that occurs to your family. A lot, a lot of the families um, start their own foundation, mm -hmm. 
And she was no different, but hers is totally dedicated to research. Mm-hmm. Um, their tagline is research is the key. Um, they're already funding, it's, it's more than 30 now, uh, different clinical trials. Wow. They find these young surgeons all over the country, doctors who want to do research, but don't have the money. Um, they have all these amazing ideas and things that they think will work. That's smart. Yeah. And so rather than, you know, a bit like we did with homelessness, Joel, mm-hmm. um, rather than managing the after effects, mm-hmm. she's going after what what causes it yeah. and what starts it. Yeah. And, and how do you how do you change the treatment for these children? Because mm. um, it's it, it's just horrific wow. um, what they go through. That's, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I, you know, Mark Nee James. Yeah, and, I did Runway to Hope with him. Oh, were you there? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I, I remember now. I've I, slept since then. <laughs> I had a, I had the most precious little boy oh. who had a, a Lego tie, oh. a Lego bow tie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was four years old, and oh. I just wanted to take him home. He was just adorable. There were 174, yeah. 174 kids yeah. that we, we took around those yeah. And it's the it's uh, I mean some of them are in wheelchairs and but it just rips your heart out. It does. On the one hand, on the other hand, all these people are crowded up around the runway and the stage and they're high fiving these kids and they're just the having the time of their lives. Kids are dancing and so doing yeah. flips. What, what is runway to hope in for for the uninitiated like me? What is it, it in general? It's an event that um, raises money for pediatric cancer research, um, and they have given. Um, over $6 million to wow. families that are going through this for various... Uh, and, they, and the great thing is it's not a fundraiser just for one hospital or another. Right. They, they distribute it to Orlando Health, to Florida Hospital, to yeah. Nemours. Cannonball Kids Cancer now has become a, a recipient, mm, which good, is awesome. Um, and, you know, other, other kind of uh, people like that. So, yeah. and it's... Like there's 2,500 people there. I mean, yeah. it's one of the biggest scalers that this this city has. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lot. That is a lot of people. That Cannonball Kids <clears throat> research thing is is that's such a neat idea because uh, ki- just pediatric medicine in general, it's it's not like you're dealing with a different species, but it's close. I mean, the mm-hmm. the, the regenerative capabilities of children compared to adults and. Uh, how their bodies process medicine and how they recover from surgery—it's also different. And and you're right. I mean, it's it's for every you know, for, well, I guess for every one pediatric study on that stuff, you know, you've got 50 that are in journals for other stuff and it's so hard to get, you know, the the funding for those things. Right. And so to have a way to do that, you know, for people to have ideas is, is such a cool idea. Um, so <clears throat> we only have two minutes left. Uh, and, uh, and so on that same, on the same general idea of, of just uh, trying to be creative in ways to, to help a problem that everybody knows is there, um, we've talked a little bit about uh, the gardens, and we've talked about the Commission on Homelessness. Um, is there is there anything else that uh, before we go? And don't worry if there's not. Oh well, I'll tell a story about something else. Uh, is there anything else that uh, that you're excited about about the future with Orlando City Soccer, with stuff that you're doing in the community that you want to say before we go? Um, I mean, obviously this is this is one of the more difficult months for for Orlando. It's it's June and. You know, we have a horrible anniversary coming up, um, mm, which mm. I know the whole city, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening, including with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a couple of um, games dedicated. We're going to be helping a lot of the LGBTQ um, organizations here. Yeah, I think my final words would be get involved. Yeah. Like, you know, people say to me, there's 
so much bad in the world and there's so many things happening. How can I, what can I do? How can I have any effect? I'm like, yes, you can. Absolutely. Yes, you can. So Absolutely. please get involved. Um, there's so many amazing organizations in the city and do something. Well, you're yeah. a good example for that. <laughs> that's, that's true. And you, one of the things you talked about was the diversity in our city. And, and what's really fun to see is that across a really wide background, just with a tremendously diverse background that people are coming from, that you can find people, and it's a majority of people, I think, in, from every background and every culture that really do want to help. Um, you are one of those. We're so grateful that you are here today. Uh, that's all we have for today on The Bright Thank Side. You. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time on The Bright Side.